0: shoes. Shoes is what it's all about. And <laughs> um, that is why I feel different this morning. And that is why you all look different to me. And this room looks different. And my kitchen looked different when I put them on. When I reached up to something, I was like, oh, that's good. I can just reach up on the level and get it. I had to bend down a bit further, though, to do, do, to do things. But God really spoke to me about that. He's like, yes, I want you to put on shoes that I've given you that bring you higher to see things from a different perspective. And um, so when Neve wrote that about Noah, about seeing from a different perspective, um, I just really felt that I needed to share that this morning, that it's not about putting physical shoes on, but it's about our relationship with him, that he wants to bring us higher to see a heavenly perspective of what is going on. And I think that's what this morning so far has been about. So, um, yeah. Put your shoes on every morning. Put those. I'm not encouraging you to actually put like high heels on, but um, yeah, just remember that every day, put your shoes on and let God take you higher to see from his perspective. Okay, this morning, I am going to be talking about a bit about the prophetic and about cultivating a prophetic lifestyle, and that is a massive <laughs> Topic, theme, subject. And so I am not going to be able to cover all the ground this morning, but I'll just throw some things out there, which hopefully I pray that you'll be able to grasp in your heart and take away with you. Right, the Bible says, if you want to turn to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, this is from the New Living Translation. It says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the abilities the spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. And the NIV, New International Version, puts it like this, eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. So there is a real emphasis there. Thank you, Kate. Real emphasis there on prophecy. You know, when God tells us through his word to desire things, to eagerly desire, as it says there, it's because he wants to give us those things. He wants us to desire them. He puts the desires in our hearts because he is a good father and he wants to give us the gifts that he's asking us to desire. It makes sense, doesn't it? Two plus two equals four, yeah? So firstly, what is prophecy? I think we could all get up here and share, like you've written on your piece of paper, what we think prophecy is. And this is very, very a basic summing up, and my summing up. And it's this. It's seeing and hearing and sensing God. So God revealing himself to us. Um, And then us communicating through various means what we've seen and heard and sensed. That either tells a future or causes a future. So prophetic is about the future. Okay, shall I say that again? So it's God speaking to us. And um, showing us and us sensing God, so him revealing himself to us, and then us communicating that. And it's stuff that affects the future. It either tells a future or it causes a future to come into being. So it can be be something that comes that is the life changer, and you alter your course according to what God has said. Does that make sense? Yes. Good. Okay. That's a very basic summing up. Okay, the Bible says that prophecy should be three things. It should be encouraging, exhorting and comforting. And if you're probably already there in 1 Corinthians 14, if you look to verse three, it says this. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. So that doesn't mean that every time we say something that's encouraging or comforting or exhorting, that that's prophetic. But it means that when we bring something prophetic, it must be all those things. In the Bible, there are specific people that God anointed as prophets, particularly in the Old Testament. And you might know about them. You might have read about them. In the Old Testament, there are people like Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and a number of others. And in the New Testament, we have John the Baptist, John who wrote the book of Revelation, Agabus, Anna, Barnabas, and the Apostle Paul. And some of them, particularly the Old Testament ones, did quite a few weird and interesting things. I'm not going to go into that this morning. You can have a look for yourselves. But yeah, God asked them to do weird and wonderful things to communicate what he'd shown them. In the Old Testament, we see that the prophets were used by God to bring judgment, and that was because of sin. It was always to deal with sin issues. In the New Testament, we see that the prophets were there to deal with identity and destiny because Jesus had dealt with sin at the cross, so that was no longer a barrier, but people's identity and destiny was, and it needed to be pulled out of them, and um instead of there being only a few anointed prophets, God has called us to be a prophetic people. He has called us to live a prophetic lifestyle, each one of us, where we partner with God to bring heaven to earth. Wow, isn't that exciting? I'm glad that I am not just on the earth to see my life go before me, and then that is it. Just to live a mediocre kind of just going through the motions life. No, wow. We're called to partner with heaven, to see from God's perspective, to see what God is saying in the heavenly realms and to bring that down to earth. That excites me, that it is not just about us just going through the motions. So, um, we're all called to be prophetic. That's not to say that God still doesn't anoint people who are prophets they have a grace gift of prophecy and there are Christians out there there are Christians amongst us who have that grace gift and they're using it to build up the body of Christ like it says in the word it should be to build and edify the body of Christ to equip the saints and to reach the lost and i want to look at one person and there's only one person who we can look at who lived a prophetic lifestyle I'll give you one guess jesus our jesus And I just want to briefly pull out some of the elements of his life um, that he led to help us to cultivate a prophetic lifestyle. And I think each one of these could be a week's session. So I am in no means going to go into detail with this. But he had a deep relationship with his father and an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And he knew when he needed to pull himself away and to go and pray and to seek his father and to be intimate with the father, he knew Um, Nobody else had to tell him that. He knew when it was time to take himself away. And he, he put that, that was a priority in his life. He was submitted to the will of his father. He submitted his will to his father's will. And that's what took him to the cross. Submission of his own will. He was sure of his true identity. And he functioned and ministered out of that. He had an awareness of the spirit realm. So not only what was going on in earth, but what was going on in the heavenly realms and the spirit realms. He spoke and did only what his father showed him and spoke to him. So he was able to reveal in all that he did. He revealed heaven. He revealed the father and his kingdom. He confronted sin, but without condemnation, he showed and declared a better way to people. He spoke the truth. He spoke hope and he spoke life. He brought freedom. He called out people's true identity and destiny, and he brought restoration and transformation. And that is a kind of I'm sure there's more in there, but that is the whole package of what it means to live a prophetic lifestyle. At this point, I want to zoom in just on the identity part of that. So, like I said before, Jesus knew exactly and completely who he was, his true identity, and he ministered out of that. Because of this, he was able to see also people in the light of that, in the light of his true identity. He saw people in their true identity, and he was able to draw that out of people. I'm thinking about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, as an example of that. And he prophesied who he was in situations that affected people in that moment and affected their futures. And I want to look at the Gospel of John. And we find a number of, they're called I am statements. You may know them, but it's what Jesus spoke about himself, he, where he said, I am. And then there's, there's seven things. He said, I am the bread of life. And that's John six thirty five. He said, I am the light of the world, John 8, verse 12. He said, I am the gate, John 10, verse 7. I am the good shepherd, John 10, verse 11. I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, verse 6. And I am the true vine, John 15, verse 1. Jesus was declaring who he was. I'll let you read those for yourself um, because there's a lot that surrounds those things that he declared into the situation, into what he declared into the moment. But he declared to people who he was because he was sure of who he was. And declarations, I know we've been talking a bit about declarations, but they are so powerful. They're powerful for us and they are powerful when we speak. With the voice that God's given us over others. The Bible says in Proverbs eighteen verse twenty one, that our words have the power of life and death. So speak life. When we declare what God says about us, then that is when amazing things can happen. When we step into our true identity, when we put the shoe these high heels on, and we see others in the light of our true identity. It changes us in the now, and it impacts not only our future, but other people's futures. So, I like to always get a bit practical when I'm speaking. You're going to love me for this. <laughs> um, I think it's so good that it's not just me up here speaking, but that it's you guys together doing stuff, and stuff that you will hopefully be able to take away and use. So, I want us to get into twos, twos or threes, little groups Make sure that everyone's included. And I want you to write down 10 I am statements about what, so from what God says in the Bible about you. Okay, so some examples. I am God's child. I am bought with a price. I am free forever from condemnation. I am assured all things work together for good. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They are all from the Bible. So I want you to, together in your twos and threes, to come up. Even if you don't know the Bible reference, don't let that stop you from writing something down if you know that the Word says it about you. Okay, is that clear? I'm, I'm going to gather us together after five minutes of doing that. I've got some paper, and I'll tell you what's next after that. Is that okay with everyone? Give me a thumbs up if that's okay. Wow, I loved listening to what was going on. Yes, I'm having that. I'm having that. You know that... Does anyone remember that book, Burglar Bill? Yes. Like, yeah? It was like, oh, I'll have, I'll have that. I'm like, I'll have that, I'll have that. Wow. How much richness and truth were you guys speaking to each other? Yeah. Does anyone want to share very briefly, um, about how that felt to either be the deliverer of that or the, re- or the receiving end of that? Did it, if, if you, if you really like felt something or.
1: Yeah, I thought. Um, I mean, it's really empowering. Actually, actually speaking it out in um, its because you're speaking it and hearing it at the same time. So there's a there's a sense in which you're speaking it out and declaring it actually. Because one thing when, before Cathy was speaking, I felt that about the prophetic being something. It's not just the saying of it, but actually the power is in the delivery of it as well. Yeah. So as we 're speaking it out there's definitely a power there's a it's it's not just speaking but actually it 's like we 're handing it over there's like we well, 're projecting it it's actually yes. becoming something real and full of life as we say it, it really and also in the receiving of it it's because it's almost fresh and new because it 's not what came to your mind immediately there's a, an impartation you 're receiving something that's from without yourself that actually you've taken it on board and you, it's building you up. You've actually been built up in the process of it. So that's what I do. Thank
0: yeah. you, Paul. Does anyone want to share anything, Alan?
1: I just want to be, um, say that I was struck by the sense of legacy that's in this uh, because um, in our little groups, in our twos and threes originally, you actually can only write what's already in you you will not think of something that you haven't got. <laughs> yeah? When you come to then read it out over somebody else, you're passing it on. So you're actually blessing them with what's already in you, which is what we've been exhorted to do all morning. So,
0: Brilliant. Thank you, guys. That's great. Okay, so I don't want you to scrumple those pieces of paper up or leave them on the floor. I want you to take those home with you And put them somewhere where you are going to see them every day. So bathroom mirror, um, by the side of your bed, on a kitchen cupboard, something like that. And don't just... Coffee machine, Ben, yes. Don't just read them in your head, but I encourage you, read them out loud. Because like Paul was saying, there is something about actually speaking and confessing and declaring those words. That they don't just remain within us, but they are let loose basically, okay, with all the power of God behind them. And then the more that you get to know those, you know, you will just, you'll see the bit of paper there, but you'll know what's on it, and and you'll just be able to speak it out, and you'll be able to speak it out over other people as well, and hand that baton on, like Alan was saying. Okay, and also um, add to it, You know, as God speaks to you through his word, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, add to those I am statements. Okay, so don't just leave it at that, because there is such a richness that God wants to um, for us to get hold of about our identity in him. Okay, and there might be things that have come through prophetic words that you have already received that speak about your identity. Add those things as well and keep declaring them, keep fighting with those things as a weapon. Okay. So I, I want to actually encourage you, I'm changing tack a little bit onto prophetic words. And, um, I just want to encourage you, um, to write down things that people say from God for you. Um, because, um, they, there is a value in those things. God doesn't just say stuff for it to just be swept under a carpet or screwed up on the floor. Um, He wants us to get hold of something in the words that that the Holy Spirit brings through other people to you. So there's a value that we need to put on those things. So write them down. I've been starting to do this because over the last... Do you want to say something, Sue? Oh, of course. I have at home what I I call a diary of encouragement. And it goes back at least 20
1: years with, with things that people have said over me and for me and to me. Uh, And I go back for every time I I come across something that I can't really cope with because I I can't do that, Lord.
0: I go back to the beginning and I read it all the way through and it really does encourage you. That's so good. So good. I have to say that I haven't written down every prophetic word that has come to me, but I have started doing that over the last couple of years. And yeah, to look back on it and to see, okay, God, because usually um, because we talked about prophecy being about the future. So there's something in what God has brought to us through somebody else by his Holy Spirit that is about our future. So we need to do something with that. We need to either pray about it and just keep praying into that word or we need to plan, make some plans. And most of all, we need to pursue stuff that God says. Otherwise, it remains a good word from God but it doesn't actually affect our future. It doesn't change our future, and it doesn't change anyone else's future through us fulfilling that prophetic word. Okay, so... Um, I want to use something as an example of um, how a prophetic word can come. Now, God is a big, amazing God. He has created all of us unique, and he speaks uniquely to us. And there is no one method, no one formula of how God speaks. But um, I've spoken about Sean Boltz before, and this is just an example of how I've seen prophetic word come um, over the last year. And he is a guy who he he um, he leads a church in California. He's very much involved with people who are uh, in Hollywood and that kind of people in the film industry, music industry. Um, And God's using him really powerfully. Now, I, I want you to hear me. I'm not elevating the man, but I'm elevating what God is doing through him because he's God's servant. And he's, he's humbled himself before God to be used in this way. And, you know, he's got a life behind him of obedience to God. And we're just seeing now what God's doing through him. And what God's doing through him, he can also do through us. So take it as an encouragement. So anyway, we first heard him um, share and bring some prophetic words last November when Mark and I were at Bethel Church. And we'd, we'd not heard of him before, actually. It was the first time. And... Um, he shared just a little bit about how God speaks to him. He's written a book. I don't know if we've got it over here. We've run out. It's called um, Translating God. Has anyone read it in the room? No? It is, well, I've only read like half of it. But so far, it's an amazing book. And I really encourage you to pick it up and read it. But, um, yeah, he was sharing how God speaks to him, how he hears God, what, you know, how God shows him stuff. And it was so refreshing to hear him speak because he just had such a humility about him. You know, I think certainly in my experience, I've kind of heard prophets before who have, I don't know, it's like their identity is in their gift. And when Sean spoke, it came from him knowing his identity and speaking out of that identity rather than bringing stuff that was going to give him some kind of sense of identity. Does that make sense? So it's really, just really good. It's a really humble guy. Um, refreshing because he, what he shared, he said it had come out of encounter with God and time with God. And he'd spent time um, earlier that day just in God's presence, listening for God's voice. And he'd written down these words that God had said that were going to be delivered later on that day on his phone. And so when the time came, it was there because God had spoken to him. In his secret place, in the quiet time, God had spoken to him. And that, that just amazed me. Um, the way that he brought the words was with such love from the Father. Um, such love. And um, I think I've probably told you this story before, but that night when he shared, I think it was about the third word that he had. He had about maybe six words. And he said, right, um, is there a guy here? um, called Mark and my heart like skipped a beat and I was waiting for Kathy to be the next word out of his mouth. And the next word was Amy. And um, I had a choice in that moment. Um, cause it's great to get a prophetic word, isn't it? It's really great. And there's something very exciting about getting a prophetic word in a large group of people. And, um, it's just cool. So, but I had a choice. I could either be really disappointed that my name was not the next name out of his mouth, or I could be thankful that, wow, God loves those people, that couple, so much that he's spoken to Sean about them. A word that is going to influence them. It is going to influence their future and others' futures through them. So I chose the latter, but it was a decision I had to make in that moment. That was November last year. Well, in February this year, and please hear me, I'm not Saying I'm not sharing this example because it's about me and Mark or um, it's just because I know this really well because um, it's something that God's given to us. So I can't speak about something that's been given to Alan or Julie or, you know, in as much kind of depth. I know this inside out. So that's why I'm using this particular thing. So February this year. I think we, we read it to you or tried to play it to you, this word that was given. But Mark um, and Stu were down at a prophetic conference in Leicester with Ian and Marge. And Sean Boltz was there. And uh, he, I think it was the second morning, he had some, he was sharing a bit about God and his relationship with God and stuff. But then he said, right, I've, God's given me some words to share. And um, he had a word for Mark and which included me as well. And uh, that was just, that blew us away. Hang I, wish I, I wish I'd been there. I was at home with the kids. I, I so wish I'd been there. But, um, yeah, anyway, the word came. So I just want to use it as an example. Oops. Let me put something on top of there. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was an amazing... Two gifts that, that he used, actually. The first was a word of knowledge. And a word of knowledge is different from the prophetic word. A word of knowledge is about now, about the present time. So he started by saying, um, is there a Mark and Kelly and Kathy? Well, of course, Mark stood up. because so He's like, well, I'm Mark Kelly and my wife's Kathy. And he said that to Sean. And then Sean um, says something about the date that we were married. And uh, we won't go into that. Um, and then, which was another word of knowledge. Now, this ensured that the word that was to come next was for the right person. I just love how that really dovetailed with the prophetic word that came about the future. And it, it just, yeah, it just ensured that the right word got to the right person at the right time, which I think is just brilliant how God kind of dovetailed those things together. And then... Um, He started he he said to Mark that if Mark were to get up and start sharing that he would share a good word that he, what he had on his heart would be a good word for people to hear. And that was affirming for Mark. And that was about his identity and who God's made him to be and what God's put within him and an encouragement. So you've got a, you've got something to get the right person, so the right word gets the right person. Something that is of encouragement, like we t- I talked about earlier, that a prophetic word is going to be encouraging, exhorting, and comforting. So it's encouraging and affirming, and that not only would he preach a good word, but that he's going to bring freedom to the church. And then Mark was able to say, wow, we changed the name of the church to Freedom Church. And that was a confirmation of where we've we've been on this journey, and of hearing God for what he's got for our future. So it includes you guys as well. Um, and then is where the prophetic word came in about, going after media and about people in our family getting saved and about writing stuff for both of us. And, um, that is the part that we have to, is on Mark and I to pursue that God, you know, if we leave that written down on a piece of paper well, it's great to look back on and think, Oh wow, God's got amazing things for us in our future, if we don't do anything about it, if we don't pursue that and position ourselves and line ourselves up with that and do something that's active, then nothing happens, okay? Um, But if we do, wow, things change in us, things change through us, and God gets the glory. So just as an example of an amazing way that I've heard prophetic word come um, over the past kind of six months... Um, And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's not a formula. God doesn't always speak in the same way. God won't always speak in the same way to Sean as he has done in the past because God's always changing it up and keeping it fresh. Um, But I just love the different components that came through in that prophetic word. So hopefully that's just an encouragement to us about how we hear God and also how we deliver what he's said to us as well. Okay. Um, I talked a little bit about... um, that that we can, I've used the word crave, I don't know whether that's the right word, but we can really want um, prophetic stuff from outside of ourselves, outside our church family, outside our natural families, um, where we know that people know us and stuff. Um, and maybe that's because there's an association there and it's about identity and that we can kind of by proxy have some kind of identity by association with somebody who brings this word. I don't know. I'm sure there are many things that are going on with, with us all. But I just want to encourage you that we have prophetic people um, who have a grace gift within this church family um, that is a blessing to us, that is there to build us up and encourages us to equip us. And um, I've been so encouraged. So I've been encouraged by that word that came through Sean Bolts, who's somebody we don't know at all. And then a few things that have happened lately um, that I've been involved with. So, one was a time in youth, and it was probably about maybe six months ago or longer. And um, we were looking at some material, and it was about the prophetic, about hearing God for others, actually. And we just spent like five minutes with God in his presence, just opening ourselves up to him, about six of us in the room. And we got one person by. You know, each time into the middle of the room. And then we just started sharing what God was showing us. And there were pictures that came and a sensing of something or or words that we said over each other. Wow, that was Jordan. You were there as well. That was so powerful. And then Paul came in um, to pick up Jude. And we did the same thing for him. And I think I'm, I'm right in saying that those things really resonated with you. And that was just amazing. And that was just within, you know, our small youth group. Then another time, similar time in the kids' work where we were doing actually, I think it was probably the same part of the curriculum, um, the connected curriculum that we've been doing, but for the younger kids. And we did the same thing. We just asked God to show us for our partner and speak to us so that we could bring an encouragement to them and something that would just really build them up and strengthen them. And we all did that. And it was amazing what came out of that time and what pictures were drawn. And then um, uh, our the new leadership team that's formed, we had uh, our second time together. I think it was back in February. And we did the same thing. We didn't particularly wait on God for a long period of time, but we just said, right, you know, Kate, get in the middle of the room or Pat, get in the middle of the room. And, um, and we just said what God was saying to us and showing us for that person. And that, you know, in each of those times, there's so much of a richness of God that came through and, um, it was encouraging and it was a blessing and, um, I don't think there was anything majorly that was, um, you need to go and do this. Otherwise this is not going to happen in in your future, but it was, you know, it strengthened us for the future. And, um, so just, yeah, I just want to say that, um, if we live in, if we cultivate prophetic lifestyle, we can be that to each other. Um, we can hear God for ourselves and we can declare what he's saying to us and we can declare that over each other. And, um, you know, our our inheritance is in each other, and the riches of heaven God's put in each other, um, and so we need to spend time with God. We need to allow Him to uh, take us up to His perspective, so that we can see and experience the reality of heaven and bring it down to earth. And um, wow, just watch watch what God will do when when we live like that day by day.
1: In this house, we are real.
0: But, we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry.
1: We give second
0: chances to anyone, and we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud we give the best hugs. We are family.
1: And in this house, that means we we love. love.